Welcome to the Upside Podcast, powered by Upside Global and hosted by Julian Blinn, founder and CEO of Upside Global. The Upside Podcast is listened to weekly by over 6,000 sports and tech executives from all sports leagues and teams in the United States and around the world. Julian has been developing technologies for professional sports teams for over 10 years and has worked for major tech companies along with sports tech startups. In each episode, Julian interviews global leaders in sports to share knowledge on emerging technology in the sports industry and how these technologies can help improve the performance of individuals and organizations both on and off the playing field. And now here's your host, Julian Blinn. So this week we have the honor to interview Thompson Remo, the Central Territory Manager at Exafly, a leading flywheel training devices company. So uh, welcome, Thompson. Thank you, Julian, for having us. Great. Uh, and then uh, thank you for, for being on the show. So, And then we have uh, Chris, Chris Chase, uh, who's the Director of Performance for the Memphis Grizzlies, an NBA team. So welcome, Chris, as well. Thanks, Julian. Great. Uh, thank you, Chris. So, hey, uh, what I'd love to talk about is first we'll talk about Exafly and the company and the product. Uh, and then, uh, Chris, I'd love to get your, your feedback and your experience as a user of Exafly. So how does it sound? Sounds good. Sounds good. Great. So, hey, uh, Thompson, maybe just to begin with, could you uh, describe what your company does, what the product is, uh, so what it is? Exerfly is a flywheel training device company. Flywheel training has been around for over a century. However, it has been emerging in popularity since about the uh, 80s, 90s, and into the early 2000s. Uh, one of the original uh, I would say launch points for flywheel training in recent years has been space exploration. So finding mm -hmm. non-gravitational training solutions to maintain bone density and muscularity while in space. So astronauts have been using these devices to maintain body composition while in non-gravitational situations. However, in those recent years, obviously use cases have been found in uh, gravitational situations as well. So weight rooms in performance training facilities, uh, spanning the whole spectrum from professional athletics all the way into rehabilitation and return to play. That's great. So, and, and you guys are working with teams all over the world, correct? Across different sports, different disciplines. Correct. Uh, flywheel training has become very popular across a wide range of sports, everything from American football to baseball, basketball, hockey and the Olympic sports. So flywheel training can be used for a variety of different applications within those sports, but we found particular aptitudes in strength and power development, as well as uh, connective tissue development for injury prevention purposes and rehabilitation. Okay, that makes sense. So, hey, so let's, let's turn to you, uh, Chris. So how long have you been using uh, Exafly? How many years has it been? Man, it's, I, I guess it's been a few years now, um, I think. Uh, yeah, it might be three years uh, since we got our first device. Okay, that makes sense. And and what is a typical setting? Uh, what are the use case of how you guys use Exafly today? Well, I think that maybe goes along with, with how we stumbled upon Exafly a few years ago and the main interest we had uh, with, with the product and the unique feature of it, which is the eccentric motor. Um, and that in just perusing around sort of the internet, um, 
stumbled up upon Exerfly, and that seemed to be a unique fe feature amongst all the flywheel companies. Uh, and so to answer your question about how we use it, I think yeah. that was my initial uh, attraction was this is this is uh, something that'll apply to this deceleration training quality or eccentric strength, these things that we know um, you know more and more the importance of in basketball um, and training uh, the eccentric phase in a, a unique way. Um, and I think that over the years now that exploring and, and training myself on the flywheel, um, especially on the flywheel platform or the Xfly platform, uh, one of the originals, uh, I think the first version um, we got a few years ago, which again has that motor feature on it. Um, and that just enhanced uh, what was said to be eccentric overload, I think with other flywheel companies or flywheel training, mm -hmm. quote unquote overload uh, was was maybe not true because the both phases of the movement, for instance, if you're doing now I'm getting into the training examples here, but if you're doing a squat on this flywheel, you're not really getting overloaded in the eccentric or downward phase of that squat unless you have that added motor to it. Um, so that has been what we've tried to do with our players is utilize it mainly for as a specific example, squatting, um, unilateral bilateral squatting, which is something we believe is important for basketball players in some former fashion, whatever your cup of tea is, support, range of motion, whatever, um, because it's a more knee dominant movement. It's something that players on the court uh, that they're being super stressed with in terms of like, hey, I've got to flex my knee and decelerate and I've got to have strong muscles uh, around the knee to be able to do that. Um, so that that is the biggest attraction. So we mainly use it for that eccentric deceleration impulse, um, as uh, some people call it, or eccentric braking forces. Um, those are huge on, on flywheels in general uh, and huge on the Exerfly because of that unique feature of ramping up uh, that eccentric motor. Um, so that is, that's the main, that's our, our bread and butter. Um, but obviously there's, there's many other exercises or things that you can do, especially with the, with the platform product. That's one, their main, I, I don't want to step over Thompson here is on the business side, but you know, the, one of the main products or the higher level product that is a larger platform that you could stand on, do some upper body work. You can attach a bench to it, things like that. Um, and again, that motor you can utilize with things, you know, like RDLs or, or rows or anything like that. But mainly we use it for bilateral unilateral squatting. And, and every time you use it for sessions, like how many minutes at a time do you guys use it? And what's the frequency of the use? Like how many times a week? Yeah, uh, I think, yeah, good question. I mean, I, I think those things are, are man, up in the air. But for tangible examples, it's, it's I think, um, maybe for a good example is the fact that uh, in season, we can use the flywheel as some sort of replay or some sort of way to train re um, uh, speed strength. Uh, we're not getting off the ground. We're not training plyometrics, like, or we're not trying to pretend that those things are being, being mimicked with the flywheel. Um, but I picture things like what I like more and more is, you know, going after rate of force development or training power, if I'm going to use like a broad stroke there. Uh, so in season to do say, you know, three to four sets of two to four reps of some sort of squatting movement that's on the faster side of the spectrum. So we're thinking training rate of force development. Uh, training, like I said, uh, eccentric deceleration impulse. Um, so just that, so high force over a period of time, 
um, that's being accrued eccentrically again because of the motor um, with seemingly not a lot of residual soreness or muscle damage. <clears throat> excuse me. If of course that player has been training on that throughout the off season. So spin it back to your question of you know how long, you know what does that session look like? It really is pretty quick in, in season, and I'm speaking to that from where we're at, just because we're trying to get that, um, we're trying to stress that training quality quickly with with uh, low reps and three to four sets. That's a pretty quick protocol, um, and that's after somebody has maybe trained on the flywheel in the off season and built up this tolerance. And in the off season, we're more aggressive, maybe with the eccentric motor resistance to try to really improve that eccentric strength overall. Um, and then in season, hopefully we're using that to maintain. So volumes are a little bit lower. Um, and depending on the guy, we may try to touch things like higher peak forces. And like I've said, higher rates, or we may try to touch things or use protocols that are longer chasing uh impulse so chasing again more force over time but it might be a bit slower um but we're still sort of in that you know not really absolute strength or slower strength we're using the flywheel to train some of these uh faster qualities yeah that makes sense and uh before i get back to you uh thompson so chris how would you summarize the thing that you like the most about this particular product or brand versus maybe other product that you've seen out there yeah, it's it's the eccentric motor. Um, simple as that. Uh, it's that's the biggest attraction for sure. I know, you know, there's there's uh, other products and and the the innovation over the years has been cool to see from the original versions of of sort of what we have. Uh, and you know, Thompson can speak more to this on the other products that are in the extra fly lineup now. Um, but our the biggest attraction was the eccentric motor. I think that's a huge huge key um, for not only basketball players, but uh, for a lot of other sports or team sport uh, athletes in general. Yeah, and to that point, Chris, so Thompson, how would you guys summarize what I would call your competitive advantages, right? Compared to other products out there, what would you say? Chris has done a great job of hitting those right on the head. I would say the big alluring feature and the thing that most people recognize initially when they're comparing different flywheel train devices is the fact that ExtraFly has the only eccentric uh, motorized mechanical overload technology available. So when we're talking about eccentric overload, the concept driving this is that people are able to lower more weight under control than they're able to lift. But there are methods to making that happen in traditional weight training. So if you're using a barbell, for example, there are devices called weight releasers, which allow you to put a heavier amount of weight on the bar as you start to descend. And then the weight releasers uh, pop off at the bottom of the range of motion. So that additional load is removed from the bar and you're able to stand up with less weight. That was basically what was behind the concept of the motorized eccentric overload, where not only are you able to overload that first repetition on the lowering phase, but you're able to overload every single repetition throughout an entire set. And by nature, flywheel training is self-auto regulating, meaning as much energy as you put into the device, it's going to give back. So if you pull up slowly on the handle, it's only going to pull you back slowly. If you pull up quickly, it's going to pull you back down quickly. So the motor gives us the opportunity to overload the speed of that downward pull in every repetition of every movement you're performing. So you can have a set last for as few as just a couple of repetitions, or you could have it last for 
30 or 60, 90 seconds at a time. And each one of those repetitions will be uniquely overloaded. And you can make sure that you're able to continue exerting for as long as your training session demands for. So whatever training stimulus you're trying to create, the extra fly can be set up in a way to accommodate that. And, and Thompson, so for, you know, we have a bunch of team listening to the podcast and across different disciplines. So how would you summarize your business model, right? Maybe your pricing model across the different products. So when it comes to the business model, obviously flywheel training is somewhat of an advanced training method when it comes to the level of technique required. So there are a couple different situations in which these devices are used. If they're being used under the guidance of a practitioner, so if they're being used in a rehabilitative setting where it's maybe a one-on-one -on -one situation, so one practitioner to one patient or client, that enables the practitioner to be able to uh, emphasize a little bit more technique and control and guide someone who maybe doesn't have a lot of resistance train experience through movements in a safe yet effective training method. However, when you're working in a team environment like Chris, obviously you have multiple athletes to work with and you don't necessarily have a staff member to individually supervise every single athlete in that population. So you're able to integrate these devices into circuits or contrast sequences or dedicate uh, specific use cases for a certain athlete who may need to improve upon a particular weak point or deficiency. So business model wise, we're very much performance focused, but beyond that, I would say we're overall progress focused. The idea behind training is to drive adaptation. So our product has the ability to drive more tissue remodeling than many of the other traditional resistance train methods out there. We also have the ability to, as I mentioned, auto-regulate the training session. So even within a set, you can manipulate your intensities very quickly. You can manipulate your ranges of motion very quickly and in a relatively unique manner. So there are a ton of ways that make the extra fly a not necessarily completely superior training method, but more of a very complementary and beneficial training method to a bunch of the other implements that are available. All right, thank you, Thompson. And Chris, I was, I was just wondering, and I don't have to know, you know, you don't have to be specific, but could you give us instances where athletes that have been using Exafly, you know, you really saw a change or improvements, right? In their training. And can you think of anything, any players, but I don't need to know the name of the player, but I'm yeah, just- Yeah, yeah for sure. For sure. Yeah. I think, you know, the, the way I would answer that and not to not even dodging the question, but I, in the NBA, I think over I've, I'm almost in this for a decade now um, working in the NBA and it's very hard for me. Uh, I can't I can't fib on here. I can't lie about this certain improvement that is made um, because the window of, of adaptation for a NBA player um, is super small uh, and we're it's constant triage based on our schedule and the chaos of, of what we're trying to yep. do um we're trying to solve so many problems and, and the extra fly is certainly this this huge tool in the toolbox but what i can convey to maybe the audience that i i think is beneficial is uh data is this hot topic right like what do we do with all this data and many many people have force plates for instance extra fly has an app that goes along with it to give you um to give you data as well uh, the thing that I have found over now this past few years is that this is a tool that is an absolute, you can use it for many things, but in just as examples for how I've been using it, um, or the main things I've been using it for, it's an absolute monster for 
uh, I'm using impulse and as this metric to say this force over time metric, if it is basically the area under the curve for those maybe who are unfamiliar with this sort of language. Um, and you can increase, you know, impulse by just blowing out force over time and having this huge area under your force time curve, right? So more force over more time, the exerfly or yeah, really the exerfly and the eccentric motor, there's nothing that compares to the metrics of uh, the eccentric braking forces that we see um, that we're able to get off of uh, the exerfly and uh, specifically because of the eccentric motor. Now, what does that what does that tell you of the benefits that are are going to be incurred by athletes from this? Like in your question to say, hey, what have we seen? Mm -hmm. Just think about think about things like strength, speed, or speed strength. The flywheel can cater to those specific strengths, I believe, and I think more specifically the eccentric phase and your ability to break. And that is a hot topic in um, in uh, basketball circles and specifically the NBA with many tendinopathies that we deal with. Uh, so your ability to flex, decelerate and take on that stress of usually a knee dominant movement uh, on the court uh, is something that I think uh, Exerfly caters to really well with the eccentric motor. In, and I'm comparing this to several different exercises and movements that I have done on force plates and compared that to what we do on the exerfly and to, to sort of place it like where where should this tool be in your programming and for us it's an absolute metric breaking model and nothing else compares to those metrics that come off of that um, jumps faster squatting that I'll do with against bands or accommodating resistance um, it just the tension that it creates for the get the period of time during, for instance, a half a squat or a full range of motion squat. Um, I think the benefits of, you know, if I could paint a broad brush of just building eccentric strength, speed or speed strength, or just strength in general, depending on the training age of the player, because you can definitely move slower on the exerfly, adding intensity to it, and you can get some higher forces there. So you could make some certainly make somebody stronger in an absolute sense uh, but we have loved it for the faster higher rate things that we do on it um, so hopefully that answers the question not to say like because i don't want to proclaim that uh vertical jumps got better for instance because mm -hmm. to be honest and transparent like i maybe thought that it would be servicing something like that but i think it's not fast enough you know do plyometrics or do uh, different things like that. Maybe um, I don't even want to fish for examples here, but uh, I don't know if that's there, but I will say somebody on a court trying to change direction, uh, for instance, like our 505 testing or our change of direction challenges we do with guys. I think that's where I, I see a lot of improvement um, is your ability to change levels. So flex at this high rate, change direction and accelerate out of that. I think that's something that mimics the flywheel nicely or the flywheel caters too nicely. So maybe improvements in that, which is what basketball is full of, these small, quick movements with a ton of changes of direction. Yeah, and, and I'm assuming that because you're probably using more during the off-season, right, you can see, a, a, I guess, a better improvement, right, because you're using more for a longer period of time. You know, as yeah, opposed, yeah, you know, for sure. You know, yeah, during the season, it's, you got a crazy schedule, right? So Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and I think our... 
part of maybe how I would think about training in general is you are catering to all the strengths that you believe are important. And for us, maybe that's absolute strength, something like strength, speed or speed strength and reactive strength. So you have things that are slower, you got things that are a bit faster in your training, and you have uh, plyometrics and things that are more ballistic. And I think the Exerfly punches into that strength, speed, speed, strength zone for us really nicely. So then we are trying to figure out the minimal effective dose for players in season after an off season of, yeah, maybe higher volumes, um, getting more ambitious with the forces that we expose guys to, uh, to try to uh, enhance those, uh, enhance that quality for sure. So I think the deceleration piece to sum that up, uh, again, is something that's super important. And think of the other things that are commonly seen in MBA or professional, well, I'll, I'll just say in the MBA sphere, as far as training, what is being done commonly in weight rooms, and I'm not saying y'all are in weight rooms or see this stuff, but I do, but what is being done in weight rooms that mimics those forces in any way, uh, other than plyometrics or other than drop landings or things like that, the eccentric overload and anything else is it's just not comparable. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Uh, but thank you, Chris. Hey, uh, Thompson. So, you know, you know, you guys are very ambitious. You've got big goals for the year. How would you summarize your goals for this year and what you're trying to accomplish? Uh, maybe to penetrate other leagues, different sports, uh, expand geographically. What What are your goals? What are you trying to accomplish this year? I think a lot of it stems back to the emphasis on progress in every sense. But the biggest part of that for us would be uh, essentially brand awareness in the U.S. Uh, Exerfly is a relatively new product to the American market. We already do have some key prominent users like Chris and the Grizzlies. However, yeah. we're continuing to expand on that into other uh, U.S. focused sports. So plenty into baseball and football and basketball here in the United States. And the use cases within each of those sports vary pretty dramatically. So as Chris mentioned, they're using it for quite a bit of deceleration work, uh, specifically for the lower extremity in athletes who are playing uh, very rigorous season schedules. We see something different happening when we look at the baseball teams where they're going to be using it for a lot of upper body rotational work, uh, a lot of upper extremity work in terms of conditioning the tissues to withstand the forces of maybe in baseball's example, pitching or catching. And then in football, we see a lot of emphasis on the return to play side. So athletes who may be coming back from injury and need a gentle, but progressively overloaded exposure to greater and greater stresses to drive that tissue remodeling to get them back into playing condition. So very different use cases across the board. The device yeah. Chris is working with is a platform that you're typically standing on top of. We also have a rack mounted unit, which allows you to do some of those upper body movements a little bit more easily. So we can anchor that to a uh, traditional power rack in a gym. We have a variety of different attachments to mount those to the racks, or you can take it with you on the go. So many teams uh, traveling frequently who want to be able to create greater stresses than they might be able to with the lighter weights that they're able to fit into their box of tools that they take on the road with them. They're using these devices to create those stronger, uh, more stressful situations for their athletes on the go. So using that in hotels, arenas, uh, or right on the practice field or courtside. Yeah, that makes sense. And and that's a good question for you, Thompson. So what's the best way to reach out to you guys for any team that wants to learn more about the product? Uh, the fastest way to get to our team is going to be directly through the Exerfly website. 
So that will allow you to view the product lineup so you can see the differences between the floor platform and the rack mounted units. We do have a chat option on there as well, which we are very, very responsive to. So if you're interested in asking questions, that'll put you in touch with us nearly immediately. Right. Well, thank you. Well, look, uh, Chris, I know you're very busy, always on the road. So, and Thompson, thank you guys for being on the podcast today. So thank you very much. Thanks, Julian. Thank you very much, Julian. No problem. Thank you for listening. To access past episodes and other research, articles, and analysis of sports technology, please visit our website, theupside.us. Subscribe to the Upside newsletter and receive full access to our sports tech business letter and website. Royalty-free music is provided by ibaudio.com. The Upside podcast provides timely insights and interviews with global leaders in sports technology. Until next time, keep looking to the Upside.